0: And welcome back, 4th and Long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess here, back with another AFLW player chat. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to say, this is an awesome chat for me. You guys know I'm a Swans fan, but I respect all the teams in the AFL and the AFLW, so i got to find players to chat with. And I conveniently have a good friend in Emma Phillips who connected me with I consider one of the best players on the GWS Giants and that is Miss Alicia Eva. Alicia thank you for joining me today.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much for having me Donnie. I know it's been a a couple of weeks trying to work through a date and to to get it happening but here we are so let's get stuck into it.
0: You got to have patience and you got to be able to be uh, flexible when it comes to podcasting so absolutely no problem (laughs) there Alicia. So let's dive right into it. I always like starting my podcast Mm -hmm. off I mean we, we talk footy. I like to talk footy with anybody, but I kind of like to know the person a little bit. so if you want to tell me just a little bit about yourself outside of the game of footy mm.
1: Oh uh, a large part of my life is footy um, uh, I guess so I'll try I'll try and give you the, the fun facts um, I well I have played footy from a really young age um, from the age of. Um, I guess four or five so I originally I live in Sydney now and play for the Great Western Sydney Giants but grew up in Melbourne um, and that's where my love of footy really kicked off grew up barracking through Melbourne demons. Um, anyway outside of footy I am a one of four children to my mum and dad um, one of three girls and I have a younger brother. Uh, I play guitar some would say well, I would say pretty poorly, but I enjoy it. Um, I studied psychology, so I've actually just completed my Master's of Psychology. Um, and yeah, I'm also a coach in the AFL pathway with the Giants. So yeah, there's not, not a whole heap of other stuff that I do outside of footy, but um, I, I like to get myself pretty busy. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, that, that is
0: absolutely awesome. I love it. I am I am a footy head over here. In fact, I coach a team over <laughs> here in, in in my state of Iowa, the Des Moines Roosters. So anytime I can talk with a person that that coaches, I absolutely love it. So let's jump into it. Let's 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 go back into the time machine a little bit. As you said, you grew mm. up with footy. You grew up in a footy family. What is your earliest yeah. footballing memory?
1: Um I when I say I grew up. Um, obsessed with AFL football. My my brother and I we knew the words to every club theme song. We'd go on. Um, my family used to have, you know, our family holidays would be driving holidays a lot of the time um, with Dad's work, and we'd have a CD of all of the club theme songs. And poor Mum and Dad, they had to put up with us us kids listening to all of those songs. And and I was just really really footy obsessed. Um, every day after school, I'd kick the kick the footy in the park across the road with my brother. Um, probably my earliest memory was. Um, just going down to Auskick at the age of five. So I was the only girl then but didn't realise at the time because he was just a five-year-old kid. Um, I had a big number nine Melbourne Demons jumper. Um, David Neitz was my favourite player. I don't know if anyone over there knows the great David Neitz, but uh, he was the star of my world from a very young age and he was up on my wall and it was fun to go down to Auskick every week wearing the number nine on my back running around
0: that's fantastic it's always great and i love hearing, <laughs> i love hearing the names of the old past. i'm trying to dive into it a little bit i've had a lot of my sydney swan supporters like there's such a great history and so i'm trying to dive into a little bit of the south Melbourne history and all that so i absolutely yeah. love that that's fantastic so since you're still playing footy what's your favorite part mm-hmm. about playing the game of footy
1: um oh donny that's a great question I think it's the game, um, it's, I mean, you, you, you play with structure and you play with systems, um, but I still think it's a game of great unpredictability um, and I love that. I love that you, sometimes it's, um, you know, that old saying and as a coach, you'd know it well, you know, um, it doesn't just take talent, it takes effort as well and I think when the game throws up so many different um unpredictable moments the ball could bounce one way it could you know it's a game of momentum um, I, I love that challenge and I love that it's a game that all shapes and sizes can play and I think that's what I really loved about it growing up there are all these um there's so many skills to the game as well different skills that you can work on and try and finesse so for me it's probably the unpredictability in a sense um that it's a game for all shapes and sizes and that there's so many different skills that you need to kind of um get right
0: to play the game well yeah very very true very encompassing and the best part about it is, is that there, you can always find a place to put somebody to play the game of footy absolutely love that so mm. you, you said it you grew up in melbourne you, you grew up a melbourne demon supporter my next question is what club did you support mm-hmm. so so i'll ask this was your entire family d supporters or were you or were you, or did you grab the d's defying your parents a little bit
1: no definitely not um my grandparents were on dad's side anyway um very staunch melbourne demons supporters so i think from birth Mum mum's british so she grew up in the uk so she didn't have a team to grow up barracking for so we all just naturally fell into the melbourne demons bandwagon and um and t- trust me donnie there's been some tough years being a melbourne supporter <laughs> um particularly after the 2000 grand final that we lost to essendon then everything just seemed to go downhill from there but um yeah, it was fantastic to see the D's get up last year, although I'm very much Giants person now, but that was very special. Unfortunately, none of the family could get over to Perth for the grand final because of COVID, of course. But um mm. yeah, all all still very much um staunch demon supporters, but of course Giants in the AFRW.
0: And that's, I was just about to ask that. I, I chatted with Steph Kiochi and she is a diet. She grew up a diehard Carlton fan. And I, I had to ask, since she grew yeah. up a Carlton fan. Now she plays for Collingwood. I said, does your family yeah. just cheer for, does your family just support you or do they support Collingwood? And she said, yep, my dad, my dad supports Carlton in the men's and Collingwood in the, in the women's. So I was going to ask are, are they giant supporters for the AFLW now? Uh, very much so.
1: Yeah, very much so. My family, they still live in Melbourne predominantly. Um, but I'm really lucky that they travel to, to most games, particularly mum and dad. They get up to Sydney. Um, my sisters and, and her children, they're all um, running around in little Giants jerseys, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, very much AFW, a Giants AFW supporters. They really ride the roller coaster with us. Um, and I'm really lucky to have a great support system down there. But, you know, one, one thing that was really special in my journey is I was lucky enough to play in um, the first ever exhibition game at the MCG in 2013. I think I was, I don't know how old I was at the time. (laughs) I'll be showing my age, but um, I was drafted, I was playing for Melbourne. And I think, you know, when I grew up, um, I I wore the number nine jumper because I idolised David Neitz, but I was never going to be David Neitz. I had him on my wall, but I was never going to play AFL. And I think when I played in that exhibition game and um, I got my own jumper, uh, that was pretty cool. I kicked a goal in the MCG, celebrated like a goose, and I had all of my family there dressed in their Melbourne kit um enjoying that that time i think that was a that was a really special moment for me um probably when i was 12 13 thinking that i'd never have the opportunity to run around in a melbourne jumper on the mcg um i guess yeah that that dream came became a reality that night so that's always been a fond memory for me and my family
0: fantastic that that's awesome that is a great (laughs) story so and actually it's a perfect lead-in so let's go to let's go back to aflw the first ever draft Mm you get drafted by Collingwood as a demon supporter. That was probably an interesting one. So what was, what was your reaction when you heard your name called out that you were going to be a Collingwood magpie? And then (laughs) how how was your family's reaction to it?
1: Um, I was stoked first and foremost, I'd spoken to a few different Victorian clubs. Um, I'd spoken to Melbourne and Bulldogs and, um, and Collingwood. And I'd worked with a lot of the coaches that were now taking on roles within these teams. So I had no idea where I was going to go. I didn't play footy the year before. I had my first year off footy ever. I went over to Europe and um, just had a bit of time off because I was pretty burnt out. So I hadn't played much footy in the last 12 months and I was a bit nervous, um, didn't know where I was going to go, what peak I was going to go, and it got into into, um, the 40s and and into the 50s and I was like, oh, I thought Melbourne were going to take me there. I thought the Bulldogs were going to take me there. It was one of those days and then when um, Collingwood, called me out I was I was so excited mum and dad were there it was hard for dad because Melbourne supporters typically you know Melbourne Collingwood there's a big rivalry there mm-hmm. uh, but quickly they got over it was it was a really exciting day we, we went straight back um, to the glass house at Collingwood and with all of all of the other girls that were drafted that day Steph Chiocci of course um, and it was you know Collingwood put on a, a a really good function it was a big welcome to the club and um, it was a really special moment to, to be drafted to arguably one of the biggest clubs in Australia. Um, so that was pretty special. And, uh, yeah, my family, again, we're, were all there in the Collingwood Black and White for each and every game day. Um, unfortunately, it was short-lived because I was only there for the first season before I uh, made the trek up to Sydney. But I loved my time at Collingwood. I was vice-captain there and worked really close to his staff and, um, and, had you know, there's an incredible supporter base there too. met Fernie Fern there, who I'm sure you're aware of
0: number
1: mm-hmm. one fan, Fernie Fern. Um, and it had a lot of special, a lot of special moments there. And it was an incredible experience playing that first game of AFLW. Um, yeah, you, that was wild. You keep taking
0: away, you keep coming up with the questions that I, I had to ask you, Steph talked about it. What was that first game, <laughs> the first game against Carlton. Yeah. I, I remember it very vividly as um, it was a lockout. Nobody could get in the, the roar of the crowd. So I got to ask, what, what was your kind of thoughts on that first game? Because I, it, it had to have been <laughs> surreal to get a lockout first ever game and the roar of the crowd when that first bounce hit the hit the ground and you guys got to play your first ever aflw game
1: yeah it was pretty incredible we during the week so at the start of the week that game was actually meant to be played at the holden center where um i think it's the name might be different now but collingwood's training ground essentially which doesn't hold that many people it's um doesn't have facilities uh, in in the sense of food trucks or amenities Mm -hmm. or anything like that um so the game was supposed to be held there and then during the week there was murmurs or there's going to be a crowd of maybe seven and a half thousand we might have to look at moving the venue and and talk continued during the week and um and then they thought oh we're forecasting maybe ten thousand people so we might have to move, move the venue so of course we're not worrying about the outside noise I'm lying there. I think we're all – the most we'd ever played in front of was maybe 3,500. So it was it was pretty cool. Uh, then all of a sudden the game was changed to um, Icon Park, which is Carlton's home ground, um, because they were expecting about a 12,500 crowd. So that was pretty cool. Um, the club decided that instead of the players driving in, we'd all catch a bus in from Collingwood. And I remember sitting on that bus and we're driving in. It was so cool to see in the in the park's – uh in the parkland around icon park there were so many young girls and young boys kicking the footy with mum or dad outside the ground waiting for the gates to open and just seeing that and this was maybe two and a half hours before the game seeing how many people were around the ground and not just young girls um young boys kicking footies with mum and dad or brother sister whatever it was um it really felt like a game for all um and then when we went in there um you know it was the, The the change rooms. the energy was high. It was really exciting. It was a a big occasion. I had all of my work colleagues coming. Everyone I knew was coming to the game. Um, I'm one of those players that likes to go out on the ground quite a few times before, um, you know, the game. So I went out just as gates opened and I was walking around and I could see people like literally running in to try and get seats down the very front. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And this is still an hour and a half before the game. I went back in and you can tell girls are starting to get a little bit nervous and I didn't want to say anything about the crowd. I went back out again and this is before the main um, warm-up and it was definitely, you know, it was getting pretty packed and I, I thought it was probably close to the 12,000 um, still an hour before the game. Um, then we went went back in again and I could tell some girls probably didn't realise how, how many people were out there. Um, and then the final time we went out was um, actually to run through the banner before the game. And I remember running out next to Steph and the whole place was just heaving. It was so loud. Running through the banner, it was so loud. And in our warm-ups, as you know, you you always run around the centre square. You go through the banner and then you run around the centre square. And we did that. And I just remember as we were running around, and this is in the warm-up, every single person in the stadium just stood up and were applauding. Um, And the game hadn't even started yet. And it wasn't. didn't matter if you're a Collingwood supporter or a Carlton supporter. I think, you know, people were there just applauding. Not necessarily the two teams are about to play, but um, the moment for, for women's footy and for the women that had gone before as well, um, of which there were so many talented footballers who just never got the opportunity. So it really felt like a moment in time in, in which everyone kind of recognised the significance of the game. Then the game started, of course, and um, I remember Wayne Seekman, our coach, I'm... I'm pretty short, one of the shortest in, it, in the teams I play. And so I stand at the front of the huddle and Wayne Seekman, the coach, was in front of me addressing the team. And I remember he was talking and this is a really um, funny memory now. I could hear Sam Lane, one of the commentators, over the ground mic. I heard her just um, say over the... the um, the system to the whole ground that they'd, they'd had to lock the gates. It was a sellout. There's 22 and a half people, 22 and a half thousand people there. And um, that was pretty cool. I don't know what Wayne's message was at quarter time. It could have been why it was one way. Maybe didn't play very well that next quarter, but it was a pretty <laughs> phenomenal experience um, and pretty special memory.
0: That is absolutely fantastic. I remember when Steph was telling me about seeing all the cars as the bus came in, and she's like, wait. It's two and a half hours before the game. Why are so many people here? So it was, it was just a really yeah. cool, like, I, it's just a really cool memory. I remember watch, I didn't get the chance to watch the game at the time, but I remember seeing the photos and then eventually seeing the highlights and it was absolutely fantastic. And it was absolutely great. And it's only grown since then. I'm super happy about that. So we'll go to my next question. Yeah. And I love this one. This one's a lot of fun. I'm going to let you humble brag. What's your biggest accomplishment cool. as a football so, footballer so far?
1: Uh, um, biggest accomplishment uh, I guess my, my first season when I came up here to the Giants I probably had my strongest season um, it was, you know, I made the All-Australian squad that first year um, and then made the team the second year and that was coming off the back of playing predominantly as an inside mid, a pretty undersized inside mid um, in, you know, which was a, a pretty tough team coming up here um, uh, you know, coming away from family uh, it was really cool to have a coach look at me through a different lens um, and, and give me the opportunity to just kind of scrap away. And I ended up, you know, I felt like people talk about flow state in sport where you kind of hit that sweet spot where you're not kind of thinking about anything. You're just playing and you play really well. I kind of felt like that season for me was kind of a bit of a flow state um, where I was just, yeah, just enjoying my time, loving my footy and, um, and, and making that that Australian team that year was pretty cool. Um, that, Make, playing that exhibition game that first ever exhibition game is pretty close too. that was you know you look at the names if you look at those photos now um, of of who played in those two teams like it's pretty incredible that the, the the caliber of players that, that were in both of those squads to, to so to have been a part of that that was that was really special to be part of that original team um and also I guess yeah to captain aside I don't that's not something that I take lightly at all it's something that I'm really proud of it's something that it's, it's certainly um an honor and a privilege and um you know I, I yeah I've had so many wonderful memories at all of the footy clubs I've been involved with but um you know there's something really special about being part of a of a you know a pretty young club and you're building a legacy and um I think it's, you know, to have been a a few weeks ago was awarded life membership of the Giants. You know, I haven't retired yet. I've still got a lot of footy left. But to have been awarded life membership of an AFL club, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, It's something that I probably in time will reflect on a little bit more. Still, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool feeling
0: and a young and a young club too, a club that's still growing and progressing so that that's really awesome as well so so let's dive into it as as you're you're at gws and i like finding out about this because the personality is a little bit different when it comes to the men's and the women's games so who's your best mate at gws right now
1: oh god oh i've got too many donny um oh gosh you can give
0: me you can give me multiple if you want or you can just say you can just say the entire team I mean I've 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 almost had that answer before
1: (laughs) I I I like to think I've got I've got great relationships with, with all of my teammates um I used to live with Annalise Lister so she was my housemate for a while um uh great mates with Nick Barr um and Izzy Huntington of course I grew up I coached her initially and then we convinced her to come up to Sydney, and um, yeah, she's 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 a, a great girl. Um, yeah, very co- very close with a lot of the girls. Work really closely with Parks. She's another one that I've coached, um, and the dynamic of you know coach to then teammate to then captain, and vice captain. There's we've had so many different like um, dynamics to our relationship, but she's a star of Parks, and I can't wait to see what she does. But yeah, I reckon I have. Cora, I love Cora. All of them. All of them, Donnie.
0: I love I love them all. I hey, that's that's that is, I love
1: me. <laughs> that, that is not
0: that is not a bad thing at all. I, and it's and it's great to mm. see in, in with everything that's gone with everything that's gone on and all that, it's to to be to have the personal relationships that you do over the years. That it's nothing but great. It's I just like hearing sometimes sometimes they do. They have one that, that one person that they always kind of float to. So so we'll we'll stay on that mm. since since you're best mates with yeah. almost all on the team. What's what's the room? What's the room like now? What's the room like? Is it is it very relaxed? Is it very business like? Like what? What's the GWS room for you?
1: Uh, and I should mention Pepper Randall actually. She we came up the same year, and she we could not be more opposite. But she's actually one of my closest mates for sure. Um, and the reason why she sprung to mind is because what is the room like? Um, our so I work in the men's program as well. And I think our, you know, game day preparation is very different. Um, and that that's not necessarily how it is with all AFW clubs, but ours is, um, we've got a pretty young group now, uh, minus, you know, a few of the Irish and some of us older girls. We're, we're, we're actually a really, really young side. And I think um, what can happen is some young girls can you know they need to approach the game almost kind of get into that flow state before the game where they're not thinking about what's to come. It's almost kind of be present here and now, get your prep done, and and that for us involves um, some high quality music, uh, <laughs> some of the speakers, some speakers blaring. Um, Georgia Garnett prides herself on um, bringing the the game day playlist, and and she's a bit of a hype girl for us, Georgia Garnett. So. Yeah, I would say it's pretty high energy, but um, but pretty measured too. We don't want girls expending all their energy before the game. We've some, got some girls who like to keep to themselves, so they'll they'll put their noise counselling headphones on and, and do their foam rolling and whatnot. But majority of the group, um, again, pretty young. I think um, they like to do things in a way that probably distracts them from um, you know thinking ahead of time and thinking about the game too much before the balls actually bounce.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Don't don't want to don't want to lose all that energy, just getting the hype up. Mm. So completely understand Mm. that. So, so we'll go with this. And I know yours is probably a lot different because of your coaching background and everything like this. But what's what's a typical day for you? Because unfortunately, as, as we all know, and again, I've railed on this many a time on my podcast that unfortunately, you ladies are still not. 100% 100% professional athletes and a travesty at that, an ally you have in me. I rail on this a lot on the podcast for sure. So what's kind of your typical day considering you are, you do have to supplement your income with a regular everyday job. Most of the time.
1: Uh, yeah. Good, good question. It's um uh, so I'm, I'm a, probably a little bit different in the sense that um, most recently I was completing my, Masters, So I've had my coaching role. Um, The club have been really great with me. I I coached during the men's season. Um, Then we will cross over into AFLW. That becomes my priority. But um, in a day day where I do have crossover with the men's and the women's program, I will rock into the club at usually 7 o'clock start in the men's program um, for 7.30 meetings. We'll do our meetings. Then we go out on the track with the boys if it's a main training, which will go from, you know, quarter to nine till um, then we we'll come off the track and um, do some craft then with the boys. So they have a solid session. So then as a development coach, I'm often involved in the craft that we do after as well. Um, we might do some vision with some of the players. Um, so this is typical in-season for AFL. Um, do some vision from the game that week, sit down and make sure we tick off the feedback for the players. Um, then we'll have another coaches meeting in the afternoon. And then at about 3 o'clock, I'll roll out roll out of the AFL program into AFL women's program. And so I'll start doing my, um, probably go to the physio <laughs> um, and get my treatments done for about half an hour. Um, then we start, and then I get taped for another half an hour because if anyone sees me play, they say that I'm fairly taped up these days. Um, then we start our prep. It about a half an hour of prep work, 15 minutes of craft work before training even starts, um, which is a bit it's optional for players. But from about three o'clock onwards, I'm, I'm straight into AFLW mode um, And then training from, you know, 5.30 till 7.00 and then do weights, my own weights. Uh, And then we do recovery or review, uh, which might be a meeting. And then we get out of there, usually around 9 o'clock at night. So some days, some of the big days where where I'm at the club, if there is a typical, if it's, you know, during the men's season and AFLW pre-season, I'll be there from 7.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night, which is a long day. That's why I say I almost live at the footy club. Um, But Insane in saying that, the club have been really great with me in understanding that, um, you know, the reason I moved up to the Giants was because of a coaching opportunity um, that I, I couldn't say no to. It was to get my foot in the door within an AFL system. Was, I've done, you know, I've been a coach since the age of 19 or 18. Um, so that's 12 years of my life. Um, so when they offered me a coaching opportunity at the club, that said, look, we want you to be a player first and foremost. Um, so do what you need to do. It was something that I couldn't say no to, so I'm really lucky that they 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 do tell me to. You know, I'm supposed to be having time off at the moment, um, but with our new coaches, the the Giants AFL side have got a whole brand new um, coaching list come through, new game plan, everything. So um, I will opt to have a bit my time off um, a little bit in, in a few weeks' time, just after the Christmas period, because um, I want to get my head around the new game plan and make sure I'm not coming in blinds in the new year. So yeah, that's my typical day at the Footy Club. Um. Hope that provides some insight.
0: <laughs> it's and that's fantastic to hear. And I, it's very interesting to hear that you have such a such a busy day, especially earlier in the year, and especially with the two seasons this particular year. But it's just waged waged war on you with the body a little bit so i hoping hoping you get a little bit of time to yourself a little bit come come here very soon but but we won't go to that so so we'll go back into player mode a little we'll go back into player mode a little bit is there a player that growing up as you said you were you were a demons fan and you had your favorite player but was there a player that you modeled your game after
1: um oh milo female either or Either or. I guess growing up, um, women playing footy wasn't visible um, and the first time I noticed, you know, um, I, I was often the, the only girl in my in, in the team. Um, so there weren't that many visible role models as a woman playing footy um, until Debbie Lee appeared in a TV, show, a TV show called, I think it was The Club or something like that. I'm not sure if people uh, have heard of that, but there was a TV show in the 90s and it was... Um, they were pretty much putting together a VFL side and they invited all these local footballers. And of course, Debbie Lee, who's a a champion of our game. um, She threw her hat in the ring and it created a bit of a a storm and a story because she was better than most of these blokes. And um, unfortunately I don't think she was allowed to play, but that was the first really visible um, female footballer I saw as a young girl growing up Um, during, you know, my, Childhood, it was probably you know any Melbourne Demon footballer. I thought I could kick goals like David Neitz. He was a key forward. I'm certainly not a key forward. Um, Aaron Davey, he'd snap the footy like you wouldn't believe. I loved I love kicking check sides and bananas in the park through the goals. Um, you know Shamo Woden was that that blonde haired winger who won the Brownlow in 2000. He was he was um, you know I guess I probably I love to run and carry. Probably don't do it a whole heap. Uh, or as much as I should, but I'm probably more of a run and carry player, or, or certainly have been in the past. So um, they were the kind of players that I modelled my game on. I, I took the bits, bits and pieces out of um, so many different players. But you know, when you go to the park and you're growing up, and you, um, you know, you pretend to be the the player that kicks a goal after the siren, or you take Mark of the Year, or bits and pieces like that. Um, as I got a little bit older, you know, Daisy was. And I started playing VFL footy, VFLW footy. Daisy was, you know, Daisy was Daisy. Um, She was a star. She was, she could kick on both feet. She had super hands. She um, was an elite midfielder, great footy sense. Karen Paxman was the same. They were just a one-two punch um, playing for Darabin. I was always in awe of them. Um, But there's been so many phenomenal footballers that I've been lucky to play with and against. Uh, Ellie Blackburn. I coached her originally, actually played with her, played against her, played with her, then coached her, now play against her again <laughs> um, m Carney there's there's too many, but um you you know at the same time, I also think you know when you when you grow as a footballer and you develop you understand what your strengths are and mm-hmm. um and then you you need to keep working away on the elements of your game that you you need to get better at, but really don't stop working on the strengths, and I think that's something I've been able to do um, you know, particularly. In my early years of AFOW, just focus on what makes me a good footballer, why am I here, what do I bring to this team, what does this team need from me, um, and continue to get better. No matter how, how old you are, how experienced you are, there's always something you can get better at. So that's my ethos. I turned your question into something completely different, Donnie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay.
0: I've, it's it's a it, it can be a Frankenstein question if if it's one of those that you take a little bit from each person's game and you kind of ad, ad, adapt it to yours. I think is is a perfect way to kind of answer that. So not a problem there. So I you threw out a lot of names that that have a lot of, of clout in the AFLW. So I got to ask this: being being a midfielder, you yeah. see some of the best toughest opponent mm. you have ever played against.
1: Ah, uh, oh. in recent times, Monconti. Um, she's just got amazing three hundred and sixty spatial awareness. She can just get out of the traffic so easily. Um, at the contest, she just she's really hard to stop because she can find space where there is none. Um, so she's you know she's done a job on us the last few games um Carney's really hard to, hard to play on in the sense that she's just so powerful Bree Davey um, extremely powerful midfielder um, so you need to you need to play differently on, on players like that um, the way you approach playing on Bree Davey or, or matching up on Bree Davey is going to be really different to how you would on Maddie Prosper or Karen Paxman um so they all come with their different challenges, and I think that's what—that's why—that's what I love about footy. Um, it's unpredictable, and each player's got their strengths and weaknesses, or their opportunities, or how to exploit them. So you have got to think. But Mon Conti, in recent times, she she had an, another outstanding season. She's a jet, um, yeah. Um, yeah, star.
0: She's, she's one that it's, it's scary to think that for the longest time she was focused on both basketball and footy. And now she's fully focused on footy. It'll be interesting to see how she progresses. I cannot wait to see that. So we'll, we'll, we'll go, yeah. to, we'll go to the next one. We're, we're going to go to the giants a little bit in, in, in um, on this kind of thoughts on last season on season seven.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've spoken about this a fair, a fair bit as of late. Um, with end-of-season reflections and whatnot. Look, it, it was um, – we, at the start of the season, we we set aside a goal that we wanted to play finals and we know that there was a little bit of change. And we were pretty young, um, but we had a brand-new coach, brand-new game plan, wanted to put a, a heap of speed on the ball, play a faster brand of footy. And, um, pre-season, we were flying. Practice game, we were flying. Round one, we were disappointed that, um, that we narrowly lost to the Bulldogs. We thought – Probably you know there were opportunities where we probably we didn't take our opportunities and we we sh- should have won that game. Um, and that was with our new with our new game style. Um, we we had more avenues to goal than just Cora. Um, then we took on uh, I can't remember who we had round two, but we were we played Brisbane um, in Canberra and we had a really strong start against them. I think we kicked three goals in the first quarter and they didn't hit the scoreboard, bit. Um, and we were up and about, but the battles of, of a young side and momentum and, you know, coming up against a, a quality side like Brisbane, they dug in and, and got going and um, we weren't able to, to stay with them. And um, I think the positives that came out of that game was that, okay, we've got a brand that when we when we play consistently and we um, have the ability to stop momentum, you know, we've got a brand that stacks up against the best. Uh, so we're really confident about that. Um and then at the end of that round three game, we lost our entire starting midfield um, through long-term injuries, which we didn't see coming. And um, Which, you know, I, I think I had dinner with our coach last night and both of us both said, like, we know, we never want our season to be defined by injuries. Um, and, it, and it isn't and it won't be, but it's remiss of us not to talk about it because that it, then it does become the story of our season. We had a lot of our young girls play ahead of time, probably play in positions ahead of time or even got played a game when they were probably expecting 12 months of development before they got a game and um, credit to some of our really young players who don't have a heap of experience. They, they, they did their job and um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't end up playing finals. So in, in that sense, we, we failed this season, um, but we need to take out of it. Um, you know, it, we can, we can sit back and, and be annoyed about the season go on and um and then just hope for the best again in 2023. Or we can take the learnings out of this year, which is okay. We've got 12 months of development into some girls who probably weren't expecting it. Um, some key areas, uh, key areas that, that were not strong enough, um, perhaps became more apparent. Um, so we need to go to work over them on them over the off season. Um, but all in all, I think it was fantastic. The highlight of my year was to see Georgia Garnett really establish herself as as a forward, a quality forward in the competition. Tani Evans as well, a rising star, Norm, and I think she's the best kick in our team, if not the best kick in the competition. To see her um, really stand up uh, down back. Uh, Emily Pays, unfortunately, she did her knee as well um, halfway through the season. But to see the young girls who are, you know, in their second, third year of footy, really stand up when the chips are down, that's... You know that that was massive for us. Um, so I know there's a real energy of being, or um, well, there's a real vibe that the girls are impatient uh, for for success, and and that's not a bad thing. I actually encourage that. We want to be impatient. We want we want to work hard over the summer. We want to play finals footy. We're not shying away from that. That's our goal. Um, so we've just got to get better.
0: In one hundred percent, unfortunately, again, uh, injuries are something that you can't avoid—it it happens. So I, I was going to ask this next question, but you, I think you kind of answered it. Is we, do you think at all that this season could be deemed a success?
1: Um. Well, I guess it depends how you define success. Is it with wins and losses? And if it's wins and losses, then it, no, it wasn't a success. But if you define success as, you know, looking holistically um across the you know we knew that we were coming with a new game plan and a new coach and, and we want to we want to play finals forty, we don't shy away from that um but we understand that there's a process you don't just become a um a good club overnight it, it's actually um you know it takes a bit of work it's 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 a process so um there are cer- certain tick boxes along that process that you need to tick to become successful to be a successful side and i certainly think we did we ticked some of those boxes this year um you know i, I Again, I, I go back to some of the young girls um, and the progress that some of those girls have made. Um, I think um, we, some, some players have showed greater versatility um, that perhaps in, in, you know, in seasons gone by, they may not have had that opportunity. So it was a season where opportunities were granted to girls and I think the majority of them took that um, and gives us something to think about over summer. Um, if we can get more areas of our game right, keep ticking more of those boxes along the way um it leads to to success so yeah i guess it depends on the definition donny
0: i 100% i love your answer on that because for some people like as a swan supporter i, I i've talked to a few of the swan i've i've talked to a few of the swan's players and i've asked i said do you consider your season a success and for me i did because i considered the swan season a success because there's a lot of gains on that in the on a young mm-hmm. side. And I think, yes, mm-hmm. they didn't get a win this season, which I mean stinks as a supporter, but I saw growth. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw structure. I saw some changes in this team that at the start of the season to the end of the season, it was vastly different. So success it, it's a yeah. very it's a very it's a term anybody can use anyway. Anybody can find a success. So I love I loved your answer mm-hmm. on that. So we'll go the opposite way. What do you think was the biggest challenge for you and for GWS this season?
1: Uh, the biggest challenge was probably, um, when we did, when we, after round three, when we did lose a number of players very quickly, it, it, it it tested, um, you know, our our round three side looked vastly different the next week. It tested a lot of, um, you know, we talk about, um, lists, we have a list of 30 (laughs) and I think we were down to. We had about 21 players to choose from and we had to throw people around in different positions. And I think the biggest challenge was Cam Bernasconi, our head coach. He wanted to make sure that um, all year he wanted to coach the new system, new game plan, didn't want any Band-Aid solutions. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that happened and credit to him. You know, he could have very easily coached in a way that was ultra, ultra defensive, just make it ugly, ugly. you know, 50-metre bubble footy and just try and shut the game down to, you know, to limit any, any damage. But there's no growth in that for us as players. There's no, you know, how do our young players develop playing that way? Um, so I guess the challenge was trying to stick to that game plan, um, trying to play in, the, in, a, in a fashion that the coaches, you know, is exciting, fast footy, full well knowing that some girls are very, you know, they don't have a heap of experience playing that way there were always going to be bumps in the road. Um, there was always going to be, um, you know, we're going to get scored against playing that way. And, and in some games it really did open up and that was really hard, particularly as a, as a leader to kind of, um, you know, stand up and say, no, we're, we're sticking true to this. Um, this is, this is, this formula, if we get it right, is what successful teams right now are doing. Um, so we can, we can treat this year as, oh, well, we're, the chips are down, we've lost all our players. Let's just try and limit the damage or we can, continue down the path of what we're trying to do so um yeah the challenge in that was just you know I guess when you're a competitive person um like I am and and you do you know you want to win um that's not (laughs) beat around the bush I want to win um understanding that it's not going to happen overnight particularly some of the challenges that were thrown our way that was a bit of a challenge but that's that's part of leadership and that's part of, of our journey and where we're going
0: awesome and I love it. and the best part is is that you don't t- you don't teach a bad habit to some of the young players too and you're teaching them the style that you want to play yes it's it, you're going to go through your bumps you're going to take your lumps but in the long run they're going to learn how to play the style of footy that that you want to play in the future so it, nothing but a good thing and I, I, I respect that that he didn't just take the cheap way out I absolutely love that so uh, and so well, well let's let's go from a little bit of the bad I one of my favorite parts about AFLW is the connection that the players have with the fans so i'm going to ask this and i love this best fan interaction you've ever had
1: uh i have to mention fernie fern um you know i I met fernie fern at the first ever collingwood training she came down on the train i think it was an hour away and we got chatting and, and she was at every game after that and then she bought a Giants membership when i moved up here and has traveled Across the country to watch the Giants play um, as her second team, and um, I think that's pretty special. Understanding the impact you have on people, and you know. I, and I like to I like to chat to a lot of our supporters up here as well. We, we know we've got a going supporter base, but we've got so many special fans that um, that drive to Canberra and follow us all over the place. So uh, we, I was lucky to get um, one little uh, a little as um, already into the rooms um, when we beat the Swans. Sorry, Donny. Um to, to get I, her I kind and her of mama, expected it. <laughs> <laughs> to get her into the rooms um and singing the song. She's she's come along to all of our games at Giant Stadium. So to see her there on such a special occasion for us, I just said to Dave Matthew's our president, our CEO, sorry, um, can we get her family into the room so she can sing the song with us? And that was pretty cool. Just seeing the joy on her face um was pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Speaking of, I'm very good friends with Fern. I remember reaching out to her when I got, when I, when I connected with Steph. And so she actually sent me a couple of questions, which is a perfect transition. I've got some supporter questions that they wanted to ask you. The first is my host, Ross is a GWS fan and I love, and he, Uh he doesn't do a lot of the AFLW stuff, but I'm trying, I'm slowly trying to get him into it. So he, he wanted, he wanted to ask you. How would you rate the league's success this season, especially given how it was the first year with every club having an AFLW side?
1: Uh, How would I rate the success? Look, I I do think... um, I think... Again, it depends how you define success. But, Mm -hmm. look, I think um, we saw some... We saw the level of footy go up again. Yeah, we know that expansion sides have got a little bit of ground to make up and not just expansion sides. You know, foundation sides... um, there are challenges that we face with a state-based draft uh, mm-hmm. in terms of making sure that our, our lists stay equal and competitive. There's, um, there's, there's a little bit of work to, to consider, or a little bit of work to be done in that space. But I think, you know, the AFL were really bold in jumping to 18 teams um, in the seventh season. Uh, but I think there's, you know, there was a lot of criticism around that. I know a lot of different opinions around have we expanded too quickly and um, I'm also of the opinion that once upon a time, AFLW as a concept was continually pushed back, you know, into the too hard basket, too hard, too hard, mm-hmm. no one's going to watch, no one's going to care. Um, you know, it was always, it always seemed like that carrot was being pulled further and further away. So I actually, you know, I understand the challenges. I understand the, the um the thinking behind some of the strong opinions around expansion. But in, in many ways, I actually also love that, that we've got 18 clubs now and it means clubs are forced to, you know, if if every club wants to be competitive, you've got to get better. How do you do that? You've got to invest in your program, invest in your players, invest in your women. Um, and it makes club land a better place. I can tell you that much.
0: 100 percent agree with you I have spent I have spent many a podcast with with that same with that same argument and the the internet has its trolls. the internet have the people that say this and that this and that and it's like my favorite is. It's like if you don't like it, don't watch it, don't comment. goodbye it, It's yeah. not that yeah. simple yeah. it's it's not that difficult. there's just way there's way too many people that give an opinion that honestly my favorite my favorite question I like to ask, do you even watch the game? and my favorite is when the, uh, 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 and i go exactly you aren't watching it stop yeah. talking about it it's like music yeah. if you don't like a music genre don't listen to it it's really not that big a yeah. deal so we won't go into a diet we oh. won't go into that diatribe so we'll go to it i have another <laughs> I, have, I have another really good friend who's a huge he's a huge giants yep. fan his name is is rick shabani mm-hmm. so his first thing is what's the best thing about being a gws
1: giant the song of course Rick. <laughs> the- <laughs> Uh, the song. Um, well, the best thing about it, look, it, it's the youngest well, the youngest AFL club um, and because of that we have to do things differently. We're based in a non-traditional AFL zone, um, so we have to do things differently to grow our supporter base, to bring new people in. We've got a lot of players both in the AFL program, AFL program, uh, AFL women's program and the netball program who, you know, the Giants is now home away from home. A lot of our players have moved from interstate um, to create this club. And because of that, there really is, you know, I know people use the term all the time, but it, there really is a family feel. Um, I think we do the integration piece really well in terms of crossover between programs. Um, you know, it's not just all oh, the boys are in, the girls are in, in there. It's it's really integrated. Um, feel like we've got strong relationships across every facet of the club and um you know at the end of the day you play footy because you like working with other people or you like working hard towards success with other people and and that's what i think the club um that's a club-wide ethos that's a special place
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I'm very fascinated for this because you, you being, you being, a Victor- you being a Victorian and being around Melbourne a lot, is it better to be in Sydney in terms of the living, a more low key lifestyle as opposed to the <laughs> Melbourne kind of fishbowl that, that is that is discussed a lot in the men's game.
1: The Melbourne bubble. Um, Well, I think, you know, probably it's probably at, at this stage, um, you know, it'd be interesting to hear Toby's answer to this question. I think some of the boys might enjoy living in Sydney. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, we, I mean, yeah, the is still in its infancy. It's, it's kind of cool when some of our girls, you know, get recognised at the airport. I know Cora gets, um, wherever you go, someone knows Cora and it's quite phenomenal, her stardom. But, no, it's I I love living in Sydney because of the beaches and the environment and, and the weather. Um, but equally, I love getting home to Melbourne. Um whenever I can. So it's nice. I like it. when I first moved up to Sydney, it was bizarre because I'm, I used to be heavy on the newspapers, reading every single article that anything to do with AFL. And then when I first moved up here, it was all NRL, which mm-hmm. confused me for a while. So um, no, I love, I do love the, the Melbourne um, footy scene. I, I am still part of that when I can be, um, but it's nice to get back up here to the beaches and Bondi beach and, and whatnot.
0: <laughs> it's it's its own little world from what I hear. It's it is fascinating. And I I remember I was listening to the rush hour in Sydney and they were talking footy, footy, footy but then they were talking about the Broncos and like, what do they? Oh, they call NRL. Yeah. Footy. So it took me a little, I have yeah. to translate. Whenever I listen to that podcast, I have to go, I have to wait on it until they start talking about teams before I figure out what footy they're talking about. So that's always a fun yeah. one. That's always a fun one for me. So, and then Rick's last question, any personal personal or team goals for the giants heading into the off season? Uh, personal or
1: team goals. Yeah. Um, uh first of all, first and foremost, the girls you know every a f w player has been told you need to kind of give yourself a little bit of time off the two seasons in one year, the two pre seasons in one year um it's pretty big um when you juggle everything else that's going on in your life it's 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 been a pretty big year, so I think everyone's enjoying a little bit of downtime right now but um uh team goals you know um we're we're pretty we're pretty focused on making sure that we come back better and ready to go. Um, we know the areas there there are some areas that we need to get a lot better at. Um, if we want to be competing, against the best of the best in the competition. We've done a lot of homework, the coaches and the staff have done a lot of homework, a lot of um, statistical work around where we sit against um, the top four sides. And um, you know, where that's what we want to get to. So um, there'll be a fair few, uh, fair few, um, off-season cardio specials on, at a beach somewhere. Uh, but we want to make sure that we're enjoying that hard work. You know, footy's fun when you work hard and you achieve something. So, the, like I said, we do have a clear impatience to get better quick. Um, we want to be playing finals and this off-season and this pre-season, we're, we're certainly working towards that. And that's me personally as well. Um, you know, that you can get you can get frustrated when, um, you know, you're, you're not playing the footy that you want to play, individually and collectively and to me um, that kind of, that drives a hunger to train harder and do more. So I don't sit still well, so the club are telling me you've got to take some time off, but um, I'm certainly keen to jump back into it. They have to hold me back at the boys' training. I want
0: to get involved. (laughs) That's fantastic. Absolutely love that. So we'll move on to a couple of questions from Michael, who's huge huge on Twitter. I'm I'm not going to try his last name. I'm going to butcher it if I try, so I'm not even going to try. So, Michael, you know who you are. I've reached out to you. Uh, His first question, we're seeing growth in player numbers for for women in Sydney. Having a pathway into the Mm -hmm. AFLW, can we expect to see more Sydney players at the Giants as future years unfold?
1: I hope so. I really do hope so. Um, I, you know, I've, I've been quite vocal in just through my experiences in um, I guess the development pathways coaching down in, in Victoria and um, and then coaching up here as well. And and there's a little bit of ground to make up just because it's um, I guess, yeah, there's, we're competing against rugby up here and, and soccer as well. So the explosion of female participation is is fantastic. It's huge. I, I want to see further investment in that. I want to see further investment in coaching because that's how we fast track player development. No matter what state you live in, you've got to have quality coaches. So um, I'd love to see more um, Sydney-based girls drafted to the Giants. I think, you know, if you look at our top three in the BNF this year, they're all New South Wales born and bred girls in um, Elise Parker, Georgia Garnett and Tani Evans. So um, yeah, it, it's really heartwarming to see how many um, young boys and girls are out playing footy now. Um, we want more New South Wales talent making up our numbers, and um, yeah, again, I, I make no apologies in um, calling for greater investment in in the development pathways um, because we're yeah the numbers are there, the talent's there, the athletes are there. We've just got to capture them and, and make sure that there's that they're being channeled into um, orange and charcoal jumpers, or now red and white jumpers, Donnie.
0: Actually, that's a a great transition because I'm going to throw one in myself. As I've heard from Coach Scott Gowans of the Sydney Swans, he believes that the Swans and the Giants really should try to find a way to work together to enhance the coaching in New South Wales. Do you think this is something that that both clubs should really dive into? Because I think it's to the best interest of both clubs if they want to start getting local talent until – the, the state-based drafts of the AFLW has changed to when, when hopefully I cross my fingers very soon that you ladies become full-time professional.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, um, and I, and, you know, I've, I've coached with Scott in a past life as well, so that we certainly have those relationships there. And I think, um, it's a conversation that needs to be had because we're trying to, to fast track, um, the progression of, of, um, young women into, into an AFLW system. And, um, I think, like I said, there are certain challenges up here because, um, of the, the makeup of, um, of the rugby soccer AFL space and, um, which, whichever has been the preferred sport for many years. We're now seeing many kids, um, jump in at AFL footy. So we need to make sure that we're getting the, the best quality coaching, um, in those pathways. And, and I know that both clubs have their separate academies, um, which which have in a in a really short period of time have been successful i know and you know some of our academy products are running around in Sydney swans jumpers now which which is the frustration for everyone across the well, i think, I think the it's both ways because but... i
0: believe i believe jess doyle was a swans academy player and she was and, yes and i think i think there was i i know that there was a few swans groups that i was part of that were that were i think they were anticipating jess is coming over to the swans so when she stayed with the giants yeah. i think a little few people were thrown off a little bit and then cynthia hamilton gets drafted yeah. from the giants academy to the Swans, so it's, it'll be interesting to see yeah. how how they how the academy products do or do they tend to stay with their academies or does it tend to be a, a intermixing between the two it'll be fascinating to watch yeah
1: yeah, and I think you know that the academy system will will stay. But is there a way where both clubs can come together and and, and work mm-hmm. with AFL New South Wales to to present? Um, you know, this is this is where we see we need further investment across the state. Um, it's not to benefit either or academy. Um, just. Um, you know, this is how it is. This is what we need. Um, can we make it happen? And then each club academy do what they need to do. But I think there's certainly room for collaboration um, just to make the game stronger because we know that the the participation's there and um, we want to see the game continue to grow up
0: here. 100% agree with you. So we'll go back to Michael. I didn't mean to dive bomb in there, but it was a perfect, it was a perfect transition. So I had to ask that. Um, he asked that you, you did two seasons this year. Did you prefer the January to March season or do you prefer this August to October season?
1: Um, I, in the long run, I think this is the right, the second July to, the later season is is the right time. Um, I never, I didn't mind playing in the summer apart from the fact that you didn't have much time off over Christmas with your families. You're straight back into it. Um, but apart from that, that, you know, people were really worried about the heat and whatnot. I, I, I think, that wasn't such a major concern for the players in terms of, you know, the weather. I think this is the right time now though, um, in terms of, um, you know, there's more of an open window. It's at the end of the AFL season. So those clubs who aren't playing AFL finals, they still have a team representing them. So supporters can go and watch. Uh, there's, a, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but I do think that this is the right time time um for aflw and hopefully we see it settle now so we don't have to kind of jump around the calendar year so yeah and now we get a bit of time off over the summer months
0: some well-earned time off i can only imagine (laughs) so we'll we'll jump to next supporter marco sullivan's huge huge uh, giants guy that i know very well um what steps are the giants the afl in general taking to improve the quality of the Sydney Women's AFL competition uh, to hopefully produce more long-term success for New South Wales AFLW clubs.
1: Yeah, that, that's a it's a good question, and that's where um, I think that's a it's a really important discussion that needs to be had. Particularly, you know, it's not just under eighteen talent pathways that we get draftees out of; it's out of um, the senior competitions too. And I think um, one of the frustrations up here is I'd like to see uh, each AFL club have you know a state a state league so we don't necessarily, we don't have a state league in sydney at the moment mm. um we've got we're certainly getting talent out of these pathways but and out of that competition but um you know it's really important that we provide opportunities as well for coaches to come into the club uh, i know alan mcconnell was really big on that bringing um the community club coaches in to the club to, to observe training to ask questions to get access to some of the best coaches in the country you know Alan McConnell and his experience um to to bring them in they observe and then they take it back to their clubs um Giants Academy I know that we've got staff out there watching um games up here and um and getting local talent in for winter series or the summer series uh, games that we've had in the past and um you know for individuals there's an opportunity for them to put their talent on display and hopefully get drafted but uh if they're not they they go back to their club having learned um, hopefully after having taken something away from their experiences there they go back to the club they bring that to their team and it um, you know it, it makes their team better makes that environment better but yeah I think there's certainly room um, for us to be doing more we, we've got a number of girls like I said we've got a really young list this year we want them to be playing more footy more regular footy so um, I, I'd i like to see a number of our girls go and play Sydney footy um, at I know a, a number of them already do, but um, hopefully, we've got some of the girls that have moved into state into Sydney uh, from Tasmania or, or, or the likes. I'd like to see them go and play some footy over the winter um, with some of the, the Sydney teams. Um, and hopefully, we can, yeah, we, we, we find some some players to draft come whenever the next draft is out of Sydney
0: yeah that'll be fantastic i actually i just got one on it on twitter that i'm I'm gonna love this one because i somehow had the pleasure of seeing fearless the the, the documentary that um that the women did um he was just curious have you watched the documentary what, what were your thoughts on it
1: um oh i i have watched a couple of episodes um i typically don't like watching um Interview, or listening to interviews or whatnot that I've done and um, I, I've, I've watched a couple of episodes um, although I think they did a really good job it was really weird when they were filming it at the time um, you know having to go about your daily business and I swear a fair, a fair bit so in those episodes I came across like I don't swear at all so that was that was <laughs> nice to say but um yeah I think it you know we had a challenging year and um, I, I think it really it really captured Uh, it was a real behind the scenes look at afow and um and i think it captured some of the stories really really well from what i've seen um i will i will go and watch it in its entirety i just the start of the new season i didn't want to kind of um you know i was focusing on a hundred different other things so Mm -hmm. i think yeah it was they did a really really good job from the two episodes three episodes that i have seen um yeah, I really enjoyed it, and um, I know my family were really invested in what the other clubs are doing too. So I think they've got a, a fair new, a fair few new favourites across the AFLW. I
0: I got to see it. I was I was so worried because it it was only going to be on uh, Disney Plus AU, and I was I was steaming mad because I really wanted to see it. And I remember Steph Kiochi telling me, "She's like, you got to see it, you got to see it," and I'm like. I'm like I'm trying, I'm trying. And Hulu over here in the States actually had the entire series. It came out like one yeah. every week. So it, it was, it was painstaking for me to watch episode, stop, wait a week, watch episode, stop. wait. Yeah. A week. So it was, it was really yeah. frustrating, but I, it was absolutely magnificent. I loved, I loved it because it did, it showed a very raw side of yeah. everything that before clubs had to go through whether it was injury whether it was drama whether it was COVID whether it was not playing as well whether it was it was it was was Mm -hmm. absolutely gripping um I so worth the one i'm probably gonna i'm no i'm probably gonna watch the series again at least once just (laughs) binge it so i can watch all of it because the bad part about the week breaks is sometimes you kind of forget a few things though it's really hard at the start to watch brie davy go down with her acl because you can tell Mm. she knows Mm -hmm. because the mic catches her go oh no as she's like as she's laying on the ground you hear her scream oh no because she knows Mm. and it's it It nearly brought me to tears because I, you know, because you already know what happened mm-hmm. in the previous season, but it's like for her to know at the time, exactly what just happened was, it, it's devastating. It, it's heart wrenching for yeah. that to happen, but oh, it is worth it. It was magnificently done. Um, Absolutely loved it. And then seeing Brid Stack's story, personally for you, seeing Brid Stack's stories, yeah. what she had to go yeah. through, as well, was fantastic to see, and her family, and her, and her little one that she that she had was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. I I tell anybody if they want to yeah. see the raw part of AFLW, watch that series for sure. So, I got two more. I got yeah. two more fan questions, and they're from your favorite Miss okay. Fern. Has sent me questions for you. Any fan? She, wa- she uh-huh. wants to know why you chose number two.
1: Ah, oh, great question, Fern. Um, two's just been my num- my favorite number growing up and born on the second of April. Um, uh, it was just my number for everything. Uh, I think Stephen Tingay was running around number two when I was growing up, and he was a good player. So yeah, that was my number. My sister and I were both born on the second. So yeah, that's my number, and has has always been my state oh, number, club number. Yeah,
0: fantastic. And then she wants to know who's your biggest inspiration.
1: Um, oh, from a personal sense, my grandma is, is, is pretty inspirational to me. Just, um, you know, I've been really lucky to have a very long and loving relationship with her and, um, and she's been a a huge supporter of mine. I'm really lucky to have lots of fantastic people in my life, but, um, yeah, I've got a really special relationship with her as she's gone through some challenging times, but, um, you wouldn't know it. And, um, I'm really lucky to have had her mentor and, and guide me, um, so far, (laughs) my 31 years so far. So, yeah, she's... And then in saying that, I also do find um, it weirdly, weirdly, this is a weird answer, but I actually find a lot of the young girls that I've coached who I'm playing against now um, as an inspiration as well. Um, I think at the time before FOW was a thing and you were coaching them and working with them, you were coaching them to to be a part of something big that was coming. We just didn't know when and what it would look like, but it was coming and we knew these girls were good enough. When we knew the talent they had and it was really special to be a part of that journey. So to now see them kind of run around and absolutely dominate the competition, um, you know, Parks, Prasparkas, you know, Conti, some of these girls to see how how well they're doing. It's it's inspirational for me to get better as a player first and foremost, but to see what they're doing and how well they they are um how well they're going it's pretty cool Um, and then one one last person i will say shiloh curtis um who Mm -hmm. pretty much built the um under 18 pathway in in victoria which which to be honest i think um made everyone stand up and realize what was going on and we needed to create a pathway pretty quickly and we needed to create a, a, a women's competition um pretty quickly so yeah she's she's a big part of many of our lives
0: fantastic and absolutely great so, so we're we're kind of winding down we get to some of my favorite questions these are fun ones these these, these are these are ones yeah, that are going make you short. Think. <laughs> I I love this i'm going to install you as the aflw list manager all of yeah. the 17 other clubs are completely open you can get one player one player from the entire competition to join the giants for next season who is it and why well it's
1: probably monconti <laughs> I spoke <laughs> about it earlier I just think she, she's a midfielder that um, she's not she's not um, say she's a big bodied midfielder but she wins contested balls, she gets away out out of traffic out to the outside so she can use her skills and she kicks goals so just uh
0: that'd be a scary midfield God,
1: imagine you, imagine yeah. imagine her scary and parker. Midfield.
0: exactly her parker and you that three that's a scary that's a scary oh, trio there all right let's oh. let's have some fun we, we talked a little bit about your teammates so i always like finding yeah. out a little bit so uh, first word first uh, first teammate to come in mind when i say this who's the okay. team mom me <laughs> all right all right That's or cora. or cora all right all right who's the yeah. funniest who's got the best jokes
1: Ah, uh, Pepper Randall.
0: All righty. Who's the toughest?
1: Pepper Randall or Parker?
0: All righty. Who's the social butterfly? Oh, Catherine Smith. Okay. All right. Who's the social butterfly?
1: Um, oh, There's a few of them, Donnie. Georgia Garnett, Izzy Huntington. All right. Or... <laughs> yeah, <the field> of...
0: <laughs> All right. Who's the most emotional? <laughs> Me?
1: Um uh, nah. uh, God. I don't know. A few, a few players play with their heart in their sleeve. Probably me. <laughs>
0: I'm sensing a pattern here. Okay, my teammates who, would say it. <laughs>
1: <funny.
0: laughs> who's the quirky? Emotional mum. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. Who's the quirkiest? Who, who, who's the most interesting kind of offbeat type of person in the in the, in the the room?
1: Uh, quirky. Isadora McClay. She hasn't played yet. She did her knee. She's pretty quirky. Uh, or Georgia Garnett.
0: All right, and last, last one. Who's the best cook? Who's the one that you want to go over and have dinner with?
1: I think Nick Barr would be a pretty good cook. She's pretty, um, yeah, she's got a, a wide palate. She's lived in so many different countries in her short lifespan. So, yeah, she's, she's pretty quirky in her own way too, Nikki Bay. But, yeah, dinner with Nick Barr
0: all right all righty so so you've we've done player we've done coach i want you to put your fan hat on for just the tiniest bit when you go to the footy what's your go-to food at the footy Uh,
1: probably
0: chips all righty all righty chips all right next one where is your id ideal place to sit and watch a game of footy uh
1: (laughs) the coach's box uh level two center wing (laughs)
0: all righty and then uh, and then this is this is my favorite one because i've gotten so many different answers on this what is the favorite game of footy that you have ever seen doesn't matter men's women's doesn't matter favorite game of footy you've ever seen
1: oh uh god there was a final this year um Which one was that? It was a Brisbane final this year. Mustn't mean that memorable. I can't remember the the final series this year in the AFL Mm -hmm. was one of the most epic final series. You you think in the
0: Brisbane Richmond game, the first game, the elimination final.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was insane. That was Um, a cracking.
0: That was a cracking game. Neither team wanted to play defense.
1: Neither team. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I actually. I know people are all um anti the draw in footy, but the drawn grand final between Collingwood and St Kilda was an epic game. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I'm a huge yeah. yeah, I'm a huge Lenny Hayes fan. And when he he won the Norm Smith in the drawn grand final, I've asked him about it and it's still I don't think I get much of a response from him. But um that was an epic game. But oh God. Um there was a few cracking games in the AFLW final series too. Mm-hmm. That's such a hard question. I've watched so many games of footy, Donnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many, too many. It
0: is. It is. In fact, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you a funny story about that 2010 grand final that was a draw. We had a team grand final watch party over at our president's home, and we most of us had only been playing like a year, so we hadn't seen many grand finals. I had. I'd seen a few as a kid. Well, I had a channel um, over here that was called Fox sports world. So I got to see some footy when I was a little bit younger, but I just, I didn't 100% understand it. I watched it kind of got it, but didn't. But when I started playing over here, we had a grand final party for 2010 and the draw grand final. And the, the most interesting memory was sitting there when the final, when the final siren goes off and everyone in the place goes, we look at our Australian who, and we, we said, Paul, um, I think I play overtime. He goes, Nope. They come back next week. And just every jaw hit the floor. We were like, What are you talking about? You don't play overtime? He goes, yeah. nope. You get a replay next week. And just the silence in the entire room. So it was one of the yeah. most interesting memories I have of that 2010 grand final is going to a watch party. And getting the draw and nobody really understanding it. So, I I agree with you. I thought the ten grand final, the first game that was a draw, was absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite ones.
1: Yep. Two thousand
0: nine was great. Yep. Two thousand twelve was really good too. Uh, Swan Swan's That again, was uh, not just the swans final.
1: Swans
0: Yep, that was yep. that. I loved that one because of the back and forth nature. It both teams had yep. their runs, so it's absolutely fantastic. And sure. for the for the women's this year, I think the grand final. I know some people didn't like it. I loved the grand final. I thought it was great footy. Uh, both teams were really yeah. tough. Great at the contest. Yes. The scoring was, wasn't, I think where some people want it, but I really don't care. I like seeing good structurally good defensive footy. I don't mind it. So personally, yeah. I loved that game. I thought the grand final was fantastic. Yeah.
1: I think any grand, any grand final that ends in such close fashion, it's it's always a memorable one. And I think, just watching, um, you know, the role Kate Hall played for the Ds. Mm-hmm. Um, just get it setting up behind the footy, you know, probably a match winner in that sense, and um, yeah, uh, incredible scenes to see Daisy lift the Premiership Cup, and mm-hmm. it was really special. So yeah, I, there's so many, uh, so many games of footy, Donia. We we could do a whole other podcast, perhaps memorable games of footy.
0: We could. I've I've debate. I've debated about. I've debated about that. And I know I have. I have a. I have a friend of mine who lives in Ohio, who's another huge footy fan. He's actually doing a podcast series called "Most Memorable Game," and he's getting uh, footy supporters to call, to sit down and have a chat about their most memorable game whether it's their favorite mm-hmm. game or not. And it's a very fascinating series that I actually get a kick out of is a gentleman on Twitter called the yank on the footy and he does a podcast and he's absolutely okay. fantastic. So he's doing, like yeah. I said, they're doing the most memorable game series right now, which is absolutely awesome. So wow. Craig, I'm giving you a shout out on this interview. So, so better like it, buddy. No, that, is, and, and that's going to do know, it. That's from, cool. That, that's going to do it for my questions, Alicia. This has been fantastic. I I, I love your insight. Again, it, maybe it's the coach in me, but I, I like talking with other coaches. Um, I'm trying as much as I can for an American to to learn the sport and, and to get better at coaching. So having this connection is absolutely fantastic. I love talking with you. I really appreciate it. Um, I am a huge AFLW supporter. I may be a Swan supporter, but I am an AFLW supporter as <laughs> much. I, I, I. There's not a team that I dislike. There's not a player that I dislike in the entire competition. So, I'm I'm nothing but a supporter, nothing but an ally. So, from me as Swan supporter to to you, Alicia, thank you for what you do. Keep up the great work. We're fully behind you. We cannot wait for this thing to continue to grow.
1: Thanks, Tony. I've really loved the chat, and um, yeah, I know you're 20, a Swanies man, but When when the Giants are playing anyone but the Swans, make sure you get some orange and chocolate
0: (laughs) on them. I definitely keep keep an eye on it for sure and definitely will do that. So ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it (laughs) for our chat today keep an eye out. I'm going to start my fan supporter series. We're going to start talking to fans. I've got some other things in the works here. I'm trying to maybe work out some connections with some footy podcasts. So if you know a footy podcast from your club, reach out to me on the socials. Let me know. Tell me what podcast I should be listening to for your club. Hopefully very soon we will have that out. Thank you for your time and we will be back again very soon.